Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Edit Your Life. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Today's topic is how to get kids to do chores. Chores. <laughs> how, to, how to do it. <laughs> okay, so chores. I, you know, we've talked about this before. They're a double parenting win. You know, you're teaching your kids those life skills. I think you call them move out skills. Oh, yeah. I while, yeah, while taking something off your load. But, you know, I hear so much frustration from parents about getting kids to do them. And, you know, including recent direct asks to me for us to address this on the podcast. So, you know, and then there's the whole issue of payment. There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on. So first, Asha, I would just love to hear where you stand on the chores issue. Well, I think it's pretty unequivocal that chores are important and good, and they are good for everyone. And so um, I am actually in a particularly lovely place where chores are concerned, <clears throat> excuse me, because my son, um, my first child, he's 16 now. And so he's actually seeing independence on the horizon. I mean, we are talking quite a lot about, yeah. you know, you're going to be moving out soon. And I know for a fact that having, you know, handled household responsibilities, it gives him a small measure of comfort as he considers the fact that he's going to be doing it on his own soon enough. So I feel like the conversation about chores, it really does shift into something extremely practical as kids get older. So the earlier, you know, the earlier you can sort of get it going, even in a super low key way, you know, it can sort of naturally evolve into something really useful for kids as they get older. You know, I'm I'm so moved by actually by your term terminology saying like that he's comforted mm -hmm. by assuming responsibility and gaining responsibility and ability to do things. It's just it's it's so true. I And it occurs to me, actually, while we're just starting to chat about this, that I wonder if chores kind of need a, a different name, <laughs> you know, because they, they have a bad rap, you know, with kids. Nobody likes them. But it's I don't know, you know, whether they need to be like life skill tasks or family system tasks or something. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, right. those aren't as snappy. Right. But um, it really is. I, I I feel like those responsibilities and the idea that they give you comfort and confidence as you get older. I think that's that's really that's really great. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have always felt that chores what I, we'll just call them chores because that's what this episode is is called. But it, they're really just part of a family, the family system and what happens around the house. And, you know, so for us, we've never done payment for chores. Um, 
we have done allowance, although we'll talk about that in a separate episode, but those two things have been very separate. And, you know, for, for context, I just have to share that um, when I was a kid, the the chores were not, strangely, they weren't things like cleaning the toilet or mopping up. They were things like being out in the hot sun, digging rosebush trenches with my dad and other assorted forms of hard labor. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, it was it was just sort Seriously. of weird. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, my dad, he, he had like just some hobbies that in involved a lot of intense hard labor so mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just really really different but at the base of it was this assumption that you are part of this family and you participate in these things and that's how it goes so there was just never i don't know we we never questioned or never certainly never asked for money for any of that yeah well you know it's oh, fascinating i you know i never did hard labor exactly <laughs> thank as goodness asha i'm glad <laughs> um but you know what? But I was out in the garden with my dad, believe me. And mm-hmm. and and the funny thing was my job was to do the really menial tasks. Like, you know, the joke I have with my dad even now is that my, jo- my job was to hold open the garbage bag while he threw in various kinds of, you know, like yard debris. So, <laughs> you know, he would rake and I would stand there holding a garbage bag for like 30 minutes while he threw in, you know, leaves or whatever else. Because you know, I guess what, what, I guess we didn't compost back then. I don't know. And, um, and so it, it wasn't so much physically backbreaking, but just boring and menial. Yeah, boring. And, and, and household tasks too. And I guess what I find so fascinating is that that whole notion of pitching in was just a given when we were kids. Mm-hmm. But, but now so many of us struggle with getting our kids involved at home. Not only do we struggle to actually get them involved, sometimes I think people struggle with whether they should get them involved. Like, mm-hmm. should I be asking them? And it's not fun to do this. And, I don't know. Somehow it seems like a parenting choice now where before it just was never a choice. Well, so, yeah, I, I agree. And I think the way that the landscape has shifted a little bit, it just occurred to me, um, is that I, I've heard from parents saying things like, well, I don't want to give them chores because I don't want it to take away from their homework time or I don't, I, uh, you know, yes. they have their activities. And I find that I have found that really fascinating as somebody who in general tends to try to underschedule. <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, I really feel like it's actually a gift you're giving your kid if they you can help them figure out how to kind of negotiate their schedule so that they can do all those things. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I don't I don't think that it's an interesting perspective that I've heard of quite a lot that it's almost like getting a buy, you know, <laughs> but um you know, I, I for sure think that you, you still need to build it in as, as something to do and, yeah, you know, just not absolutely. make a big deal of it. Yes. Right. Very true. I mean, and, and the funny thing is I have spent a lot of time like trying to think about the whys, like, why is it like this now? Why, why? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess we could probably debate the whys forever, but uh, you know, I'm fortunately in this episode, we're going to be focusing on the hows, And I think that's really what sort of is going to help us going forward. I mean, you know, and these are our opinions and our, and our experiences and, and we know that there are many. So I'm, I'll be really interested to hear what listeners are doing, what's worked for them, what questions or sort of tensions they have and and hear about this. So yes, but listen, before we continue, we just want to remind you actually, as I'm encouraging you to talk to us that you can chat with us um, on our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. The edit your life show has a Facebook page and it's the perfect place to post a question or say, Hey, actually, you know, here's what's working for me and here's what's not working for me. And I was really into, you know, what you said about <clears throat> this and that, um, you know, or make episode requests. So, 
Um, if you're on Facebook, please come on over um, to our page. Just search for Edit Your Life Show and come on over and hit the like button. Yeah, and message us or post to the wall. It's been really fun to get some message, private messages, actually, from people yeah. um, there. That's, you know, I think sometimes it's hard to open up a fresh email, but people are, yes. all, you know, are on Facebook anyway. So it's been, I think that's been easier sometimes for people to communicate with us that, that way. And it's been really fun. It has been really fun. And I think the other thing you should all know is that we always post when we have a new episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can keep track of new episodes there, too. And you can just post comments on that that episode post. So, yeah. you know, like leave us a comment, whatever is easiest for you, but we really, really want to talk to you. Yeah. Um, we, we don't, we just, it, it brings what we're talking about to life in such a really important way. So come on over to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash edit your life show. Yes. Especially in this digital age, since we're well beyond handwritten journals and letters to convey history, the preservation of stories is so important, especially from the moms and mom figures in our lives. And if you've been looking for a way to collect those stories but aren't sure how to start, I have a recommendation for you. StoryWorth makes it easy. Every week, they email a loved one of your choosing a question prompt that you pick. For example, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? And what aspects of having children didn't turn out the way you expected? Your loved one responds to that email with a story of any length. You will receive copies of these emails as they are submitted And after one year, StoryWorth compiles the stories and any photos provided into a keepsake book. A friend recently shared how moving it was that her mom gifted copies of her StoryWorth album to immediate family members, a genius idea for expanding the preservation and sharing of those stories to people in different households and generations. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years, StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash edit. That's storyworth.com slash edit to save $10 on your first purchase. As you know, I am all about micro improvements. And if you'd like to dedicate a little time each day to learn a language, I have a great solution for you. Babbel is a science-backed language learning app that offers 10-minute language lessons designed to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Materials are rooted in real-life situations, so you can learn important basics such as ordering food and asking for directions. Babbel offers personalized learning content, real-time feedback, tracking, and visualizations, and their speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. No matter what level you are looking for, casual, intense, or something in between, you can enjoy app lessons, podcasts, and live classes from the comfort of your home on your schedule. Here's a special limited time deal for Edit Your Life listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for Edit Your Life listeners at babbel.com slash edit. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash edit. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash edit. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right. Now, Asha, we've got a bunch of great ideas for the hows, as you said. So Uh I would love to hear your first one. Let's get going. Okay. So my first tip is to start small. Uh, and that's sort of funny because I feel like I say this in every episode. But <laughs> um, but I also know that um, even I did this when, we, I, when I was just talking now about chores and I was saying the earlier you start, the easier it's going to be. And for those of you who have, say, kids who are nine or 10 years old and are going, oh, man, I'm behind. OK, so I was also one of those people. And. I don't want you to feel like if you didn't start giving your kids little chores when they were two, that you're somehow left in the dust Mm -hmm. because you're not. 
And, you know, you literally can start with a single chore um, for your kids, you know, wipe down the table after dinner. It just starts there or what, whatever it is you might, you know, find easy to start with. Um, you know, and I think the other thing to say about that is it's not just starting small for your kids, but starting small for you. Um, coming up with a chore system requires consistency and it requires follow through. And that's actually a pretty big job for parents. And so I think when you start small, it's not only good for kids, it's good for you too. So just pick one daily chore your kids can do. Choose something daily so that it's like it happens every day. No one has to remember when it happens and just start there. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you mentioned um, starting with your nine-year-old or something um, and not beating yourself up for it because that's the perfect um, tip for my tip, which is if your current system isn't working or you haven't started, don't view it as a failure. Just look at it, look at it as a time and an opportunity to course correct as we've, <laughs> you know, one of our, our famous phrases, your famous phrase is course correction beats perfection. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you if you're starting with older kids, no doubt you're going to get some resistance, you know, if they've been used to doing or not doing things a particular way. But, you know, just remember, you, you're essentially the boss, although that maybe is not the best positioning, but just be matter of fact about it and just say, hey, you know, things things are not working the way they are. We we need we need your help pitching in. And I mean, the reality of one other thing that and I think we'll hit on this later in the episode, but if everybody can pitch in, then then you can much more quickly get to fun family downtime, you know? Yes. So I, right. I think that's a really, really important thing to, to toss in there with the conversation with your kids. Mm -hmm. You know, and when you say you'll no doubt get some resistance, I mean, like be prepared for some pushback. Some kids, some kids are compliant kids and other kids, they are not. Let's just be honest. Yeah. They will say, I don't want to. And some kids will some kids will get in your face about it and it's really okay. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you are the rock, you are the rock and these waves will crash over you, but not move you in any way. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that too much. Um, just be persistent. So anyway, moving on. Um, so I hinted at this earlier, make sure whatever chore system you come up with is sustainable for you. Um, I am really speaking from experience here because with chores, follow through is key. You're going to have to be doing a lot of reminding. And in the beginning, at least the onus of, you know, remembering to do the chores is probably going to be on you. Um, this is no small feat. This is actually a, a big job, especially for those of us who just don't think um, in systematic ways. I'm not a person. I, I, I Routines actually don't come naturally to me. I really have to work very hard at my own routine. So then also having to come up with and managing routines from somebody for somebody else is it, it sort of makes my brain hurt. Mm -hmm. So um, I have found for myself that detailed charts and checklists, um, they're just impossible for me to maintain. Like I forget to check them. I forget to remind my kids. And then suddenly I'm actually part of the problem. And this is, boy, boy, have I beat myself up over this. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to give myself chores. I mean, my kids chores. And then, you know, my part, I sort of fall down on my part of the part of the bargain. So, you know, establishing a chore system takes effort and persistence and, uh, you know, make sure that whatever you do works for you. I mean, in the end, for me, a very simple list on a post-it note worked better than, you know, the chore systems and charts that needed checking off and this and that and following up. That worked better. And so I think, you know, just take your own tendencies into account and set up something that works with your rhythms and theirs. 
Yeah, you know, it just occurred to me, Asha, I'm always I'm always learning on our episodes, <laughs> but it just occurred to me. I mean, you know what a linear grid-based person I am, right? Yeah. But I have never gravita- gravitated towards the idea of a chore chart. And instead, uh, it, it just it just dawned on me. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of fascinating. But um, for us, it's just been more of incorporating a general helping out behavior and mm-hmm. looping them in whenever, you know, looping the kids into help whenever, whenever we can. So even just last night, um, John was taking Vi out to indoor soccer or something and Laurel and I were just around the house and it was after dinner and there was all this cleanup and everything. And she was just kind of, you know, she had finished her homework. So she was just sort of hanging around. And I said, you know, what, Laurel, um, can you, or, or she might've even said, can I, can I help with something? Cause I think maybe I was looking a little frazzled. It had been kind of a long day. And so she just jumped in and started helping making lunches while I was doing the dishes, you know? So mm-hmm. I think it's, it's kind of part of it's just, it might not be an official, the thing that works for your family might not actually be an official grid. It can mm-hmm. just be a let's pitch in because then we can get to the fun thing after, which was actually, I, I'll admit, I, um, you know, we wanted to we're we're watching Once Upon a Time right now. And so the the motivation to get the sort of busy work done, the dishes and the lunches and stuff was that we could then chill out and watch an episode of the show together. So nice. nice. Yeah, I think, you know, so I'm just I guess I just wanted to toss that in that your system might actually not be a system. It, oh. You know what I mean? That's actually brilliant. And can I just, I'm going to add one little thing. And that is we have started using the phrase, the spirit of helpfulness in Mm -hmm. my house. Mm -hmm. And it's really funny because, you know, in my house, sometimes, you know, like if I ask one of my kids to do something that's slightly inconvenient for them, there's a little eye rolling going on. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, spirit of helpfulness, spirit of helpfulness. (laughs) (laughs) And it actually, first of all, little note of humor always helps these moments. But also it just reminds them that that when there is this little happiness fair, I mean, helpfulness fairy flying around our house, everyone feels better. And so oftentimes I will say to the kids, you know, they're sitting there, you know, sort of looking at their homework and I will bring them a glass of water and I will say the spirit of helpfulness is bringing you some water, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I joke about these things with them. But again, it's just like you said, sometimes it's just changing the attitude that yeah. might actually be all you need. Yeah. <laughs> actually really sort of um profound yeah you are <laughs> profound no you're profound <laughs> oh okay all right go 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 okay so all right so moving on um actually this is sort of profound but it's it's one it's a concept we talk about often and it is to embrace imperfection and so i say this it's important for lots of reasons, but in the chore domain i know a lot of parents get frustrated with chores because they aren't done as perfectly when the kids do it, it's not done as perfectly as they would like. So I got to just say, you guys, let it go. <laughs> and my perfect quick anecdote on this is that, you know, people who know me know that I love cooking, I love baking, and I love making things look pretty. So when Laurel started being in the kitchen with me, I had a little trouble kind of letting go of having her help with things um, because, you know, I wanted all the things cut, you know, the, to the right shape and whatever else. And finally, I was like, what am I, who cares? And, you know, the cookies will look so cute if, you know, people won't care if the cookies aren't uniform sizes, if they know that Laurel made them, like, who cares? Like, and it's even cuter. And once I let go of that, everything kind of shifted. And now, I mean, the girl, I mean, we've talked about it before, but the girl is like, 
she'll make us dinner. She'll bake stuff on her own. She actually made cookies with Vi. She said, you know, she and Vi were just kicking around kind of under our feet a lot. And I said, you guys go do something. And so Laura was like, Vi, let's go make cookies. And they did make cookies from scratch independently on their own. You know, it's, there's, there's big payoff when you can kind of let go of making everything perfect and, and just let your kids run with it. Oh, so true. And you know, it's funny. I'll tell you, well, we have similar things here, not so much about cooking. I, I am glad to say I am not a perfectionist. <laughs> um, my husband, on the other hand, um, he just has really, I'm not going to give him a hard time about this because this is just sort of his nature, but he really likes things to be neat around the house. Not in a like horribly obsessive way, but he definitely notices when, you know, uh, in my example, the books on the bookshelves are sort of wonky and not lined up and all that stuff. And so, you know, our example is, you know, we would ask our kids to, you know, put their books in their rooms back on the shelves. And of course, they just take them and they shove them back in the bookshelves, whichever which way. And they're teetering and falling off. And most of them. And, you know, it just drives my husband nuts. Mm-hmm. For real. Rail's like you just line it up like this and this way they all fit. And he's totally right. And yet engaging in that sort of back and forth conversation, really argument with the kids totally demotivates them to actually put the books on the shelves. Yeah. Like they yeah. either get, they either get a little rebellious about it or they just sort of, it turns into this overbearing, you know, conversation when it's a totally reasonable conversation that he is bringing up. But really the first step for them is just shoving the books on the shelf. Like we can from there move on mm-hmm. at a later time to properly lining them up, yes. <laughs> you know? Yes, so anyway, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In in rainbow order, if you're if you're me. In rainbow order. Arrange the books in rainbow color order. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Rail and I need to like have an organizational session together. Yeah, I think actually you would you would quite enjoy that. <laughs> well, our house is neater because of Rail. Believe me, I totally appreciate about this about him. After our many, many years of marriage, this used to be our sort of big source of argument ar- argumenting. <laughs> I just invented a word. Arg- arguing. Um, but, uh, now boy, do I appreciate this about him because he thinks about space in ways that I don't, and our Mm -hmm. house looks better as a result. And our house would just be a crazy big pile of, you know, papers and other flotsam if it were up to me. So, Mm -hmm. um, okay. Um, so, uh, I was getting at this earlier. I think my next tip about chores is to place chores in the larger context. And this is where it really works for older kids. Um, I refer to chores as move out skills. And this totally perks up my son's ears, who's, as I was telling you earlier, 16, thinking about, you know, going to college. Yeah. And, you know, I told him the rather humiliating story about how when I moved out and, you know, when I moved out of my parents' house, went to college, I moved into a co op house in Berkeley. And, um, you know, so we were all in, in this, you know, I lived with, you know, 20 something college students in a house and we were all expected to do various household duties. And my job was to mop. And um, there was in the house, a big like janitor's mop, like the string mop with the bucket. Yeah. With that the squeegee thing and, on it. Yeah. Yeah. You like <laughs> disgusting bucket of water. And I didn't know how to use it. I, I actually did not know how to operate this mop. And so I had to go to a housemate and say, can you please show me how to use this mop? And I actually had to ask a college student to teach me to mop the kitchen floor. And this person did it. But let me tell you, I got the side eye big time. (laughs) 
And it was sort of like, okay, princess, let me teach you how to mop Oh, the floor. man. Oh, I know. Like, it was, you know what? I was a good kid. I wasn't particularly spoiled, but I just had never learned to mop. And that was really embarrassing. And so yeah. I tell my kids this story, of course, with more embellishment. <laughs> yeah, grand embellishment. And I, you know, I put my hand on their shoulders and say, kids, this is for your own good. This is to save you the embarrassment that I went through whenever I give them a new household responsibility. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's actually really, again, humor helps, but it's totally true. Like, believe me, you don't want to be asking your buddy, uh, how do I turn on the dishwasher? Oh, my gosh. I mean, like, how yeah. embarrassing would that be? Right. So. This is motivating to kids as they get older. It is. Okay. When they're younger, obviously, that's like, huh, that'll scare the heck out of them because it's like, um, no mom and dad. But when they're older, it's really, really compelling. Yeah. Social embarrassment is a good motive. <laughs> Avoiding social embarrassment. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> no, I'm not shaming them at all. I'm saying that seriously, these really are life skills. I'm not just blowing yeah. smoke when I say that. Totally. All right. So my next tip, I actually... um touched on it earlier, but it, it is to build in some of those togetherness incentives to get things done. So, I, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're not into paying for chores, but the idea that getting them done can unlock some other fun and games, I think is is a good motivator. So just, you know, I had mentioned Laurel and I getting sort of all the evening evening chores done so we could kind of move on to our snuggly stuff. I mean, that that is, she kicked into action pretty quickly when when she realized what was on the other side. So I think those kind of opportunities where you can get things done so you can move on to the next thing are, are good ones. Mm -hmm. I've heard it um, put this way that you can sometimes phrase responsibilities or chores like, you know, when slash then, when mm -hmm. we clear the dishes from the table, you know, then we get to watch once upon a time or yeah. whatever. That actually was terrible uh, sentence construction, but you get the point. Yeah. I think it does help placing the responsibility and the reward together. And just making a really clear if-then statement, you know, mm -hmm. when-then yep. statement. When it's done, then we do the fun. Yep. Ooh, when it's done, then we do the fun. <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally my next edit. I'm changing my next edit and saying, <laughs> when we get it done, then we do the fun. Remember that, people. Okay. Putting that on a t-shirt. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin, but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. Rituals products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, and Hyacera is clinically proven to reduce fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. They also engage in industry-leading sustainability standards and are a female-founded B Corp which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash edit for 25% off. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you struggle with boundaries and the general complexities of peopling? Relationships are necessary to our well-being and some relationships are just, well, complicated. A good chunk of the work I have done in therapy centers on relationships, 
how to own my part of the story, how to let go of relationships that are toxic, and how to navigate challenging relationships in a way that doesn't drain me. And all of this work helps me show up better for myself and also as a partner, mom, friend, family member, and business owner. If you're thinking of starting therapy, check out BetterHelp. This online therapy platform was designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash edit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash edit. Um, okay, so my next tip. Okay, so Christine, you guys are not into paying for chores. That's pretty cool. And we're not really into paying for chores either. But let me just put it out there. If the allowance chore combo works for you or it actually is compelling to you, then do it. If it works for you, um, it's not like there is a law against doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in theory, I really do. I believe that chores are family responsibilities and you do it because you got to do it. Um, it's you know, these are not earning opportunities. But for some families, that language actually works really well. And that concept seems to go well together. And so, again, there are no hard and fast rules here. And, you know, the bottom line is do what works. It's mm-hmm. your choice. And you can also experiment. You can try it one way and go, you know, this isn't working and then try it a different way. So, you know, like give it a try if, if it's something interesting to you or if it seems to make sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I and I don't I'm trying to piece this out as I speak, but, you know, allowance, the purpose of allowance in my mind is to help kids figure out how to budget budget money, you know, like how, how they're going to use it and when they're going to use it. And if that can also double duty as an incentive for them to get the jobs done around the house, then fine. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 it's occurring to me, I don't have as, as hard and fast a rule about it maybe in my head. Um, so yeah, I guess the bottom line is just do, do what works for you, you know? Yeah. Right. Do what works. Okay. So my next tip is to offer options. So this is the oldest trick in the parenting book, particularly with toddlers. <laughs> and it, it's always worked really well for us. You know, it's, so I always say, you know, don't ask, do you want to set the table? Because that suggests that the job is negotiable, but instead say, give them an option say, do you want to set the table or prep the salad? So, you know, kids like having control. They like having decisions and just giving them a simple choice does that. Mm-hmm. Or can. In, in theory. <laughs> oh, in theory. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, my next tip is, or say, because I asked you to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So the whole offer choices thing, it, it, it just never worked for my kid. Uh, I should say never worked for my son. It did work for my daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, because they're just different kids. They really, really are. But let me tell you, since my son was my first kid, boy, did that, that did a number on me because I would say, you know, would you uh, would you like to do A or would you like to do B? And he would put his hands on his hips and say C. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Like to do C. He just he just he is a natural pushback kid, mm-hmm. and he also has cre- he's creative, so he comes up with his own options, and he does not like to stick within the framework that I'm laying out. He never has. Um, so I got really good at issuing really firm requests. Um, even though I am, a, you know, I tend to, you know, one of my superpowers is that I'm pretty tactful and I'm pretty good at seeing things from lots of different perspectives. And so I'm not generally one who orders people around. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I got pretty good at it <laughs> because my son taught me. Yeah. But, um, you know, I just I had to become I had to practice issuing a respectful request and then not entertaining much discussion or debate after that. And I think it's really important to point out that, you know, too often we feel really unsure about pulling rank on our kids. You know, we want to give them some agency in their life. And I think that's really good. I'm not one for, you know, sort of dictatorship. But at the same time, I think it's so important to embrace our roles as leaders. And some kids really do need that. They just do. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what can I say? I think it's perfectly fine to say, because I told you to. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. It's okay. I'm going to keep that in my back pocket. Yeah. (laughs) Because I may need it. Okay. My, uh, the last tip I've got for this episode is to be persistent. Uh, routine change can be very hard. So sometimes you'll have to keep at it. You know, I, I know Laurel is generally a rule follower and she is, but she's still just a kid, you know, who is learning routines. So I used to have to ask Laurel every day to make sure she did her homework and emptied her lunchbox and papers. And I I have to say, I kind of felt like an annoying nag, but I just kind of was matter of fact about it when she walked in the door. And we just went on like this when, you know, when we started building this into the routine. And then a couple months into the school year, you know, this was several years ago back in elementary school. But a few months into the school year, I realized I couldn't remember when I had last asked her to take care of those tasks. So you know, the bottom line is it took a lot of reminders, but now we've enjoyed several years <laughs> of independence with this, these sorts of things. And that's been pretty amazing. You know, now oh. and now she's at a level, you know, with what what I think we refer to as kind of general helping behavior where it's not a big deal, you know, and it doesn't take a lot of reminders. And that's pretty mm-hmm. cool to build it into that that habit that you want it to become. Well, you deserve a high five for being so persistent. That's really great. and. um It really is. And I want to just put out there that the timeline on this is going to be different for every kid. Because let me let me tell you, I have a kid who's now in high school, another one in middle school, and I'm still reminding them to clear their dishes after dinner. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm not saying this to embarrass them or shame them. I'm saying they have they they really try, but they still forget. Yeah. So for some kids, it takes longer. And, you know, this is not a this is not a parenting fail on your part, and it's not a failure on their part either. It's something that they're going to – some kids are just on different timelines, and they pick some things up really quickly, and other things take a long time. And let's also remember, some things are going to pick up after they leave your house. Isn't that yeah. strange to think? But Well, think when you're not your the backup, you, you know, well, when, you're not the, when you're not there as the fix-it, yeah. you know? That voice will still be there for them. And so even if they do not, like, you know, you're watching your kid drive off to college, and you're like, they still don't know how to put their clothes in the hamper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they, that it's not like that learning is lost. It's still there. So I just keep keep that in mind. That's just really important to remember. And honestly, I I cling to that myself. Yeah, for sure. It's important. Persistence is key, no matter what kind of timeline your kids are on. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Asha. So I think that wraps up our our tips. So I would love yeah. to hear what you have landed on for your next edit. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I just said earlier. When, when and then, done, <laughs> when we're done, then the fun. <laughs> Actually, my next edit is my more practical next edit is choose a single chore your kids can start doing today and delegate it now. Yes. Do it today. Just do it. Do it. Just do it. And I would say to add to that, it can be in the same action. So you're getting both of our next edits done at the same time is to embrace imperfection in whatever that 
delegated chore is. Just just let it go. It, it's going to, like anything, it takes time to figure out how to do stuff. And just let it go. Let it go. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> I won't. I won't even go there. Oh, I already. I already went there. <laughs> Too late. Um, <laughs> we hope you really found this episode helpful, um, and we really want to talk to you about. We want to talk to you about chores and, and what's going on with you guys. But in the meantime, um, if you want to have a look at the show notes, uh, we would recommend this. We've got some really good links um, for this episode. So be sure to visit edityourlifeshow.com and check out the show notes for this episode. Yes. And to chat about this, definitely come by our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and search Edit Your Life Show and drop us a line. We'd love to hear what's working, what's not, or if you have ideas for future episodes with us. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.